Welcome to Beyond Four Walls podcast. Um, we have officially returned, and this time with a little bit of a different touch and view. Um, as usual, nothing has changed. I have my co-host Anthony. How are you doing? Good, good. How's everyone? Ever yeah, doing great. But um, today we are launching officially a video platform as well. So in addition to our audio, we are looking to expand and have a little bit more of a community engagement using a video um, outlet as well for those on YouTube and etc. to be able to engage with you. As usual, feel free to leave comments, feel free to leave questions as we continue to try to engage with you guys and what we're looking to do. Today we have um, a good friend of ours um, that has been with, uh, we have known for years. Um, I got to know him uh, personally through a convention, uh, through our youth, through our organization that we were a part of and church that we were a part of. Um, Anthony, did you meet him the same way? Likewise, yep. Perfect. Um, We have today Michael um, with us. Michael, are you there? What's up? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Thank you for having me on. Good, good. Awesome, awesome. Well, Michael, um, just want to kind of um, give you the the space to be able to kind of introduce yourself, get to um, get to let people know um, what your story. I know you not too long ago. It was, it's been a while, but you moved to Utah. I know that was a big move. I officially uh, two weeks ago just moved to Charlotte, so I am in young in the journey that you've been in for a while. So how's that been living in Utah, kind of having a whole different weather than it was in Florida? Yeah, like uh, so like I was previously previously mentioning, um, I'm not a fan of change, but I believe the change is good sometimes. And uh, it's, it's crazy. I'm not going to lie. The winter sucks. Uh, I miss the sun. Uh, today's a sunny day, believe it or not, finally. Uh, but I would say that um, we do miss Florida a lot, man. There's nothing like Hispanic food. Um, here it's either it's just like Mexican food or Peruvian food, but in Florida it's like Cuban, Peruvian, uh, Puerto Rican, Colombian, Venezuelan. You find everything out there. But change been good, man. Can't yeah. complain. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, how long have you been up there for? Yeah, so um, just to give you a little like backstory, we came out here March of last year. Um, funny enough, we had to celebrate our daughter's birthday before we left, uh, but we're literally about to make a year now. Um, reason we moved out here was because I ended up getting a great opportunity with Google, uh, two year process to try to like get this role. Uh, but I ended up finally landing it and I had a conversation with Gami and Gami's like, Hey, if this is what you want to do then i'm going to be 100 percent supportive on your career path and your development and she was on on board with it and we did the change so we're about to make a full year now and it, it's been good man like we're about to close on our house this is going to be our third property so glory to god on that awesome um and just going going through just the motion of it man yeah that's i mean similar to you i uh, moved um two weeks ago for a job opportunity and just some change. I mean, you're close to the mountains. I'm close to the mountains. It's kind of nice in a sense you get cold, but you also get a, a lot of visuals to explore and also a lot of things yep. to do with having mountains and having seasons around yep. you. And you're close to Salt Lake, correct? Yeah. Big time. Awesome, yeah. So, awesome. uh, like when, whenever you fly in, you get to see like the Salt Lake, uh, 
area. Um, you, you find out so many things about like geography in a, in a sense that you had no idea about. Like in Florida, you don't have mountains, so you don't get to experience the beauty of like looking outside, right? And like seeing these like just beautiful um, visual, uh, you know, stuff that impacts you and just reminds you about like the glory of God and, and creation in a sense. And I, I always tell everybody that comes here, you know, like in Florida, yeah, you got beaches, but you don't get to see the beach every day unless you live on the beach, right? Yeah. Here, like you wake up and you go outside and you see mountains. Every day you get to see them and you drive to work and you see them. And it's like, man, it's so like, it's such like eye candy. Yeah, I mean, I remember when me and Anthony went to Colorado, um, it was kind of that same experience, like seeing God's uh, uh, glory through the mountains. Like, there's no way this could have been created just by chance. Like, this is a, high, a higher level of creation and uh, expectancy to be able to do that. Um, Anthony, I mean, how things been going with you? How's everything on in Florida since I've been gone? Good, good. Still on in flat Florida. I'm loving it. Uh, you know, I was born up north in Jersey, so the cold can stay where it's at. <laughs> yeah um yeah so you know i love my hot weather you know i like having my fruit trees accessible and so <laughs> yeah, uh michael have you been to the way. actual salt lake so we haven't been out there interesting enough uh there's a couple in our church that uh just got uh they're pregnant again and so I, I pitched it to the husband. I'm like, yo, like, you know, I'll do free free maternity photos for you guys. And let's go out there. Let's let's take some pictures. You guys pay the entrance and take me out to get some dinner later on. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So I think that's scheduled for uh, April, April or May. We're going to be going out there. So you guys will get to see those pictures. Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome. Well, um, I'm excited to have you here, uh, Michael. Um, like you said earlier, um it's uh it's something that uh, i'm it's been a while since we spoke about um the the interesting part is that you work for google and how has that experience been working for such a big company you know like a well-known company everybody talks about working for google how's that been for you so it's man it's it's a little bit of uh bitter and sweet at the same time i would say yeah so bitter because it was it was a whole process for for me to get over here it, it was like this whole situation literally two years right so i i never posted it online but uh back in like 2018 i met a recruiter at fiu florida international university and i was like i need to go meet her i need to like you know network with her i need to get to know her and went to went to the university while I was like supposed to be on work and connected with like three different recruiters one of them like she really stuck to me and she was a sweetheart um and it just so happened that I was doing commercial advertising at that time with Comcast so she tells me hey I have um an opportunity through the ad division of Google and I'm like perfect that's what I want to do let's do it and she gets me yeah. to do like the first interview. It was quick, easy. I, I had prepped. Um, and then they, the second interview prior to COVID, they fly you out to their office. 
Okay. So that office was in Michigan. So they paid like the ticket, they paid the hotel stay. They gave me like I think it was like a hundred bucks to go out to eat food. Um, nice. And so we went out to Michigan, Michigan Ann Arbor, and um, I'm excited. Like Gami's prepping me, uh, Gami's you know trying to make me answer these questions and whatnot. And um, I show up to the interview. There's like four other guys. Well, four in total with myself. So three other guys, myself included. And I kind of like start asking them questions. Hey, where are you guys from? They're like from all over the United States. Cool guys. So I get into like the first interview and they tell you there's a level of uh, five interviews within the first day. And it's like oh, super wow. stressful. If you don't pass the first interview. Yeah. If you don't pass the first interview, they don't pass you along. Wow. So going to the first interview and the lady like she is is uh probably in her uh middle mid 40s or so and i'm like man why do i get her so she begins to tell me a little bit about her backstory and she tells me i started this company with uh sundar um like not sundar but she knows sundar directly who is now the ceo of google of alphabet and she started the company initially with the founders. Oh, so wow. she started the ad division at Google. And I'm like, bro, like, why do I have to interview with this lady? And so she starts throwing me like these questions <laughs> and I'm running into like a burning building, not ready for some of the questions that she was asking me, even though I had prepped so much. And sadly, she doesn't move me forward to the next interview. Like I go outside, the other three guys are outside and none of us move forward. So I'm heartbroken, it sucks, and fast forward just so that I don't continue on this, but I stay in contact with my recruiter. I continue to send her messages, I continue to check in on her, just being like, you know, just a genuine, honest person to build a relationship with her because you never know. And one day she sends me an email and she's like, hey, are you still looking for work and you wanna join Google? And I'm like, yeah, and she's like, there's uh, three opportunities, one in Salt Lake City, one in Kansas City, and one in, uh, I think it was Nashville. She's like, choose wherever you want to go. I could get you an interview. I'm like, sure, why not? So I did Salt Lake. Uh, Gami and I, out of like the other two locations, we, we weren't sold on them. And uh, Gami does, she does a lot of research. So she pulled some data and she's like, oh, Salt Lake's growing. Like Utah's a growing area. Like there's a tech hub. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we ended up, I ended up doing the interviews. It was just two interviews, the easiest interviews of my life. Right on the spot, like my last interview, the head of sales tells me, hey, we're going to offer you the job, just FYI. I'm like, cool, awesome. And the funny thing he tells me is, hey, I want you to know, too, that you need to fly out here because Utah is very different. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I'm part of the LDS church, so we have some kind of quirks and kinks here and there, and I want to make sure that you're okay with moving out here. So I'm like, okay, cool. We fly out. I, you know, we liked it and it was said and done. I took the job opportunity. Man, that's, that's a, that's a story there. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a journey and sometimes, you know, even in those subtle things like a job interview, you start learning these life lessons about, you know, resilience and just being willing to, to continue, even though the first time you failed. So that's, that's awesome that you went through that. Yeah. So it's sweet like man the benefits are amazing like we get food in the office all the time you know if i need an energy drink like they got a fridge full of energy drinks um health wise it's it's a great company to work for 
Um, and then if I end up leveling up to like the next level, I start getting like stocks and things like that. But there's some non-proprietary things that are, are happening currently with my division of work um, that, you know, it kind of puts me in like a weird situation right now. So I'm kind of just like letting God take control and I'm going to see what's going to happen with our, with our, with our uh, side of the company. Yeah. I mean, do you feel, do you feel since you're a subdivision, do you feel like you're part of the, of the whole Google or do you kind of feel like you're like a little baby of Google right now? Yeah. So I would say that learning the ins and outs, I feel like I'm part of Google. So I'll give you an example. Tomorrow I'm networking with a head of sales for um, the United States division of like one of the products that we have. And I can't get that if I'm outside of Google. You get me? Like I would never be able to speak to this guy ever if I wasn't a part of the company. But because I'm a part of the company, there's a, a system called Grow that they connect you with like these big time people so that your career could kind of begin to um, develop flourish. and you, you see other opportunities. Yeah, flourish. And you see other opportunities inside corporate America, right? Inside the company. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Is um, there, but, um, with quick question, oh, is, ahead, the, is there a reason why they have like, yeah, because I'm assuming Google is mostly a digital online type is there a reason why there's different locations? Like you said, Salt Lake, Michigan, like what, what is the purpose of having these different quote unquote headquarters spread out? Yeah. So, uh, it, it's funny because a lot of people always think that Google's like maybe just like Google search, but, uh, we're also like Nest, Nest, like the home thermometers. Uh, we're also like, uh, the cell phone okay. division, uh, the the watch division, uh, YouTube is uh, now part of uh, Google. Uh, they actually have a health division, so they're running. They're trying to figure out like maybe a healthcare type of um, scenario. Uh, they just launched their AI product. Uh, internally, you get to find out about like all these really cool things that they're working on that no one else knows, and they tell you like you can't share this information. Yeah. So we get like maybe every three to six months, like we'll, we'll be sitting down in like this, um, in this big meeting and they'll show like a new product that they're testing out or they're trying to find people who, uh, engineers internally who want to switch over from the current role to go work on this project. So it's, it's, nice. it's that's why there's so many subdivisions and different hubs because, uh, they work with a lot of different com countries and companies and they're trying to, develop different products that aren't just, you know, Google search, like they're trying to yeah. expand themselves. Like right now, one of the biggest divisions that they have is a uh, Google cloud and Amazon cloud, GoDaddy, like cloud services are like the next big thing. Nice. Um, it was interesting. You're talking about your journey with uh, Google. I had like a two year, like, like obsession with trying to work for Apple. I applied for like, apple yeah. every like other month i was trying to get into apple it never happened the door never opened but it's kind of to the point that um similar to what we I, I wanted to bring you in here with is as christians with these major companies that we're moving to work towards i work uh, for a bank anthony works for um uh, companies that aren't 
Christ-centered companies. In choosing these career choices, and, and you know, obviously you had a passion to choose, work for Google. You went through this whole journey of, 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 of doing that. So obviously you had a desire to work for the company. When it comes to these job selections and companies that we're working for, as Christians, how deep do you look in the overall morality morality choices that they align themselves with? As we as we know, a lot of these companies don't have the same moral standards, not or not standards, moral beliefs that we have as Christians. And how do you balance that in career choice, or is that something you kind of just separates? in your work selection and your beliefs? So that's, it was actually a really big factor when previously I'm trying to consider like, where do I go? Right? Like what's my next step? And I remember being at Comcast and people just hated Comcast. Like every single time I'd walk in somewhere, they'd be like, Oh, we hate you guys. You guys charge too much or, um, your service sucks. And it was just, uh, it was like the worst situation ever. It was so bad to the point that the company that I'm working for, which is the marketing side of Comcast, decides to change their name. Like, that's how bad it was. We just wanted to isolate ourselves completely from Comcast because you walk in somewhere and you tell them, oh, I'm from Comcast Spotlight. They're like, Comcast, Comcast, I hate you guys. Um, So they changed it completely to effective, right? So sometimes it's difficult, right, As as a believer, knowing that, in a sense, you work with certain people who are pushing a certain agenda and you see it. Like I get these emails and perfect example, not too long ago when uh, the abortion uh, rights uh, were removed, I believe, or, or there was happening something in the Supreme Court about abortion. We get these huge emails, you know, hey, we want to continue to support women and we're completely against this and this and that. And it's like, all right, cool. No problem. That's their stance. That's corporate stance but that's not my stance. You know, I'm not here to push my beliefs on my corporation, but on my customers, if I have the opportunity to testify, I will. And I've had opportunities, like being as a photographer, like you get so many chances to sit down with people and plan out like their their sessions, right? Especially if they're gonna get married, you have that chance to, um, kind of ask like, hey, what are you guys trying to accomplish? Where are you guys going? Where are you guys going to live? Who's going to marry you? Like, that's a big question that I love to ask my couples. Like, who's going to marry you? Is it going to be a priest? Is it going to be a pastor? Who's doing your couples therapy? Like that one, I used to pitch my pastor all the time in Miami. Like when they'd be like, oh, we don't know who to do our couples therapy. Plug in, plug in. I'd be like, oh, I got a great pastor for you. (laughs) Yeah, dude, big time. You know, And and they would reach out. They would reach out to him and they would like sit down with him and they would do the couples therapy with him. And that's 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 the that's the important thing and and like the difference between working a corporate job where you're more restricted and have less opportunity to do those things versus when you're freelancing or you have your own business where you have the liberty to to do pretty much you know whatever you want and and push those push that envelope of spreading the gospel regardless of you know because it's your thing so you can do it. Yeah, it's yeah. One um, thing that doesn't stop me is yeah. One thing that doesn't stop me is like even now, like when I sit down with people or I'm selling the product that I have to sell here at Google, 
like just hearing them out and hearing like what are their needs or what they're trying to accomplish. And if I have yeah. a time, a chance to like evangelize or to kind of give witness of who I am and what I believe, then I'll go into it. But I try not to make it so blatant and so like um, obvious that they feel uncomfortable with it. Now, um, in a some people I've been doing kind of research preparing for the podcast. And one of the solutions that I've kind of found when it comes to working in corporate America and dealing with as a Christian, your values are frowned upon more and more when it comes to your stances on pro-life, uh, sexuality and a multitude of, of areas. One of the solutions is set of continuously to be part of corporate America move our remove ourselves and make our own platforms and where we are a company as well providing a service that google provide hypothetically or a bank provides but also we continue to carry our values now do you see that solution being a realistic solution or is that something we should continue to dive into or is it is it are we too interwoven at this point that it's impossible to make that a reality man i think like just full transparency, respectfully, right? I think it's impossible for us to do that as Christians. I'm, you know, just being honest because how many times do we actually see believers like establish a really good company and for it to be in a sense reliable of service and reliable of pricing? Like I remember, for example, when we were looking for a website designer for one of my old churches, Man, the pricing that we were getting from some Christian locations, I was like, bro, like you guys are trying to charge us like five to ten thousand dollars for a website. Yeah. You know, like, oh, they're like, oh, but we're gonna give you this CRM and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. And I was like, all right, cool, but we don't want all that. We just want like a standard website. That's all we want, like a thousand to two thousand dollars max. You know, and then we'd, we'd go to like the non-believer and the non-believer was charging us like exactly what we were looking for and they were listening to our needs. So sometimes, I, you know, I, I think it's extremely difficult right now for believers to, to come forward and to like establish like the next big Google. Yeah. Do you think it's because of the vision within its own church where like we don't work as unified as we us we should work? And because of our disunity among like the whole body of Christ, let's say in America's body of Christ, if we truly work together as a body, unison, as the Bible describes, we would do that. Or do you think it's just not a reality because of the landscape we're in? Dude, so I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to use the LDS church as a perfect example. Shout out to the LDS church. <laughs> but man, these people are so intertwined. Like they're so connected with the people that go to their their church right and even though they're preaching um heresy and it's it's not biblical and it's not right but a lot of the companies that are here in utah are lds um ch lds church members established like there's a lot of companies that have gone um public a uh, perfect example, if I'm correct, Qualtrics right now, it's, it's a perfect uh, example. Like they just went public and like the people inside the company make so much money because they go public. But they have like those specific standards that they use that represent their church. Yeah. You know, and I will say that unfortunately, the Christian body, we don't have 
that unity, man. Like, well, I can't, I can't agree with you because of like these little, you know, things that they're not so similar. And we don't want to build business. Also, I, I would say it has to do a lot with our economic system as a country. Uh, capitalism mm -hmm. is not, it kind of goes against our grain as Christians, you know. We're called to be righteous, to be fair, to not lend money, to not these things that are kind of counter to capitalism, whereas seek gains at all costs, lower your losses at all costs, no matter whether you're enslaving people and forced labor and doing all these other things that that's what capitalism pushes because it's about increasing the gains regardless of what happens. And as Christians, we know that's, you know, not correct so yeah i think it's it's a tough balance because technically um one of the things like it's two scenarios i always bring up when i think about the bible when it comes to engaging with the world one is in the book of judges where in the book of judges it talks about the generation that arose that wasn't very familiar with the history of what happened with their forefathers and because of that they didn't completely kill or completely destroy the people that were living there and they started making treaties and little by little the culture of the people that were living there it was attached to the people of, of israel and so that i think about that as in are we being like that generation that makes treaties with the world to kind of like have a a peaceful life and because of that we are being injected with traditions culture norms morals that we shouldn't accept because we're living amongst them instead of shunning that away but then i and then i also think about the book of acts where that primitive church they sold everything got all together and they were able to fulfill all the needs of the people so i think about like how should we be but then if we go too extreme we become like the amish and we separate ourselves completely and then we have no engagement with the world and then we can't preach the gospel yep. because we don't engage them with them at all so for me personally it's such a hard kind of decision of like where i work because even where i work there's more emails that i receive that i'm not in agreement with but do should i quit should i stay should am i being a silent accomplice where because i'm just like oh there's that's there and that's me i'm making a sort of treaty that i'll work here even though i disagree with you and that could be a treaty of of approval so that's something that i battle with personally in, in my career choice as well Yeah, something something that I was like, so prior to you sending me these conversations, like my favorite book in the Bible is Joseph, right? Like that, that story of Joseph, um, which we find in Genesis, in Genesis, right? So Joseph, of course, didn't plan to go to Egypt. He didn't tell his, his uh, brothers, yo, sell me to the Egyptians, you know, like I want to get there. Like that's yeah. my, my next <laughs> career advancement. Yeah. You know, I want to go work at Potiphar's house. Like, I want to hustle and, you know, be be the second one in command, right? He didn't request that, but he got there. And unfortunately, due, due to the circumstances, he was paid, placed as second in command at that place, right? So he's working under a non-believer, uh, being pushed to make sure that his livestock and his livelihood continues to progress. All the while, of course, like submitting himself self still to, the to in a sense, like the biblical god that he almost maybe knew nothing of other than you know i'm getting some dreams here and there 
and I'm beginning to understand who my father used to pray to, right? So he has that scenario with Potiphar's house and ends up going to like the prison and continues to be like that light in the midst of darkness. And that's where I think that we should continue to stand sometimes, be the light in the midst of the darkness. And even though we don't agree with what's occurring around us or what our companies do, per se, or the agenda that they push, right? Because I don't agree with some of the things that my company does. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of the Mormons that I work with don't agree with certain things that, you know, Google does. But we're there and we're making a difference no matter what. So that's how I see it sometimes. Like, how much can I push so that I help others progress in life? And that was like one of the things that I wanted to establish and that I'm trying to work on right now was, you know, I don't see a lot of young people, especially in the church, pursuing like major careers, man. Like there's no yeah. desire. I mean, it's oh, go ahead, Anthony. And in that, that same story, like you were explaining, no matter where he was, he was still being that light, like you said, regardless, you know, it's mm -hmm. like and God puts us in these situations where we're the only one that is reflecting his light. So he has a purpose for everything. Mm hmm. It's a necessary engagement. And I think it's one of those things where it draws us to be it. It draws us to be more responsible Christians. So we're called to engage in this dark world. But you could be easily influenced. He could have stayed with Potter, uh, Potter, uh, the Pharaoh's wife and did, and did what she wanted. Yeah. But it's one of those things where he calls you to be engaging with sinners and be engaging in a sinful world. But he also calls you to be extremely holy. Where there's, that's where that challenge is yeah. of being a true Christian. Like He calls you to work in these communities that aren't believers. He calls you to work in these uh, workspaces that there aren't believers. But he also calls you to be steadfast in your stance, be steadfast in your beliefs, yeah. and to be not influenced but be the influencer. So I think it's one of those things. But I think it's interesting what you said, though, because as a church, and the, this is the point of uh, overall uh, kind of st uh, streamlined purpose of the podcast is, the idea is that Christianity is not just a spiritual side. There's a lot of other realms that the gospel inter intertwines. And one of them is actual tangible leadership. And many times the church doesn't really present, hey, as Christians, we should look for political positions. As Christians, we should look into being leaders of companies. As Christians, we should be part of the school board. We should be part of the community board. We should be part of these things to make, to be positions of influence worldly-wise, to be able to make the change true change and as a church over the years we've begun more silent and just become you know just in between us in the four walls as we would say what is your i know you try to make an alumni within you know the the youth and things like that what is your belief when it comes to becoming and getting into those positions of power so i uh, man i i remember being back in uh in a homestead area and when we went to uh Perrine, ma church in Perrine, uh there is a member there and I, I love him to death but um i disagreed with him on this point of view because i remember he was he he was giving sunday uh class to the youth and he was saying how we shouldn't be vocal and how we should sit down and be quiet and let people go and protest and you know if they're talking about abortion just let them talk about abortion god's gonna handle that and i used to tell myself i used to be like man i just like I disagree with that. I disagree with that 100% because I think we should be vocal as a church. Like if everyone's being vocal with what they want, why can't the church be vocal with what we yeah. want? 
and I use, for example, the the Muslim the Muslim faith. Like you can't even show an image of Muhammad, or they get radical and they get upset and they begin to do death threats against them, whoever does show that image of Muhammad. You know, and the world tippy toes around the Muslim faith. But when it comes to the Christian faith, they're like, oh, we could portray Jesus however we want to portray Jesus. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to get His upset. His family guy. You know? <laughs> Dude, family guy all the time, man. Like, you know, who doesn't portray Jesus however they want, you know? And it's like, we just suck it up. We just say, oh, well, that, that's okay, you know? It, it's that's, that's why it's important to understand. Sorry, but, go ahead. No, no, you're good. That's you're why it's go, important go ahead. to understand seasons. Because... Sure, there's times where God wants us to be quiet, be at ease, but that's not all the time. Sometimes we're called to push and be that thing, mm -hmm. just like the story you brought up, the story of Joseph. There was a season where yeah. they were, they they came over to Egypt. He brought the rest of the family. They they multiplied, they multiplied. But then there was a season that now, the Bible says it itself. As they grew, the the current Pharaoh didn't know about the relationship they had before and then he was yep. forcing them out subjugating them so that was the season that god was saying okay i had you guys here for a while you i i blessed you throughout the drought and all these years now it's time to move you and he he used the pharaoh's anger and forgetfulness of what the their past was to drive them out and send them back to their land yeah and it's 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 interesting because Kids growing up now, they don't see the church how it used to be, or they mm -hmm. don't, or they don't read the Bible how it should be. Because in you know apex of you would say churches or apex of you know how the how the the world was ran was the church was the moral standards. The church was the one creating the laws. The church was the one saying this is how culture should be in today's time. But because we grew up in a generation mm -hmm. where we don't know what our forefathers went through, we don't know the stories because we're so quiet. The church, you know, people think now, like, we shouldn't be speaking because we never saw a church that did speak. So I think it's also a failure on us as our generation and our, our previous generation, yep. not truly showing the younger generation, this is what you need to do. This is what the church really is. It's not this quiet, passive, reactive, but we're proactive. We try to make the, we try to be the moral standard because we're called to be that power voice we're called to be the the influence within the society we're not called to be a silent side factor we're we're meant to be the driving force of what creates culture yeah and so i i do believe like we need to position ourselves in the best areas possible either that be corporately or that be in the government or that be in the school board we need to make the change because if we're not if we're not positioning positioning ourselves in those areas guess who is those who are against us and they begin to remove the the grants they begin to remove the funding they begin to remove anything that could assist the church in developing tax opportunities exemption. for outreach tax exemption 100 percent, dude not too long ago i just read an article about this uh school board member in arizona and she's uh lgbtq and she's removing uh, the availability for teachers that come out of like one of the, the seminary schools that are allowed to then go to teach in the public school. She's removing that connection 
So then it's like, great, now we can't even have uh, Christian teachers anymore because these people are discriminating religiously yeah. against us. Do you think a lot of Christians would say, and I'll let you go into after this, a lot of Christians would say this is part of revelations. Like, it's already too late. Why should we get in positions when it's, it's, it's already past the, the point of no return? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think that's insane because we can we need to continue to testify no matter what. Like even if we're getting closer to that no return point, like we need to make sure that we're being as effective as possible to testify and to tell people, hey, there is a living God. There is a Jesus who went to the cross and died for your sins, you know, and then the church needs to be the resources locally for the community to be able to grow. Yeah, and like the lord told us to occupy to like come so we're we're not called to oh put everything off we're just waiting for his return no he told us to occupy do live the life and when he comes he'll come it's like that's that's always been the issue you know we all grew up pentecostal so that's what we know and that was the error of pushing that too much is that you know, we focused on that, the future, and we for, we we weren't paying attention to the present. And the the word literally says, "Don't worry about the past. The future will bring its own issues. Focus on today." And that that's not part of the culture of like a you know of the church that we grew up. It was all focus on the future. The Lord is coming. Don't don't worry about what's going on now because that's all going to go down the drain and you know the antichrist and the bible's that's not what the bible teaches and then also to speak about the the positions of power the story you brought up joseph what was he he was the governor of he was pretty much the cfo of egypt daniel yep. was a, a political figure we we just see them as as prophets or men of god but what was their position in those governments that they there were official government positions. They weren't just servants of the Lord. They had a a position in the government. So, I mean, even if you look at Paul before he became Paul, he was a he was part of you know the 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 Roman or is uh, the Jewish uh, temple at that point. So there was even that point of things. But to bring it back to kind of engagement with these companies and being that deciding factor of how we engage corporately. What do you think? Um, I sent you earlier a kind of a podcast talking about um, our products that we buy. And a lot of the products mm -hmm. we buy aren't environmentally uh, responsible or socially responsible. And we're, um, what I sent you was talking about um, a book called uh, Cobalt Red, which talks about the, nope. the, um, the mining in, in, I forgot, in Africa. It was in Africa. Congo. Uh, Cambodia. Yeah. Combo, Congo, um, and spoke about how the battery, all the batteries, your cell phones, iPads, uh, electric cars, Teslas, they use this um, use this mineral, but it's being um, is being resource incorrect, like socially irresponsible. Mm -hmm. As Christians, you know, I'm I'm not I'm a hip, you know I have an iPhone. I, <laughs> I I'm looking to buy things that have you know things that sh I shouldn't have. I mean, that are being sourced irresponsibly, environmentally and socially. Um, how do you view that in, in our products that we choose? 
Dude, it, it, it ties back into the position of powers, man. That's what it, it ties back into that. And, and because if you have someone who's in a position of power, you know, who's faith driven, who understands, hey, we shouldn't take advantage of these people, you know, and, and unfortunately, Africa has been taken advantage, has been, um, you know, abused of all its resources. And Africa should be one of the most richest countries. You know, like uh, like all the different little countries that are inside of Africa, you know, should be flourishing with mm -hmm. wealth um, just because of, of the resources that they have that you can't find anywhere else. Unfortunately, we can't, you know, we can't say like, I'm not, I'm going to limit myself and not go buy a phone or not go buy a computer or not go buy a vehicle that that's, that's being impacted, right? Because I'm pretty sure if we go to Walmart, you know, like, we, we would have to stop shopping at Walmart. We'd have to stop shopping at Star at uh, Starbucks. We'd have to stop shopping everywhere, at uh, everywhere, Amazon. Everywhere, you know, like, yeah. everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Exactly. So, it, you know, it's it's almost impossible for us to be like, well, you know, th these are the lists of all the good companies that we should support, right? But I'm pretty sure that even in that list, there's some companies that are doing stuff that shouldn't be done, right? Yeah, it's. Um, uh, Anthony, you have some, you have something to say. I think it's it's tough because we're so interwoven with these with the world right now. We're so interwoven with, um, especially living in America. We're so interwoven with the culture and with the the day to day and how a culture works in here. It we it would be such a cold turkey cut. That would be practically impossible to live over here. Like Anthony said, our yep. our our economic system of capitalism is not truly a biblical based um, economical system. And that's so what, drives what do it, we yeah. do? We make our what do we do? Do we make our own economical system within the church? That would require so much capital to live here in America. That would be impossible to do. Do we not buy iPhones? Do we not buy anything with battery? If that's the case, we would be living like in a camping ground with no houses, no nothing. So it's a tough reality to do it in America, but I do think it's, it shouldn't give us a pass to not do radical change and do not do radical things. And I yes. think similar to what yes. you said, it should not, it should encourage us even more to drive, to be people of, of, um, innovation. Like we should find ways to, as Christians, innovate that is socially responsible and doesn't take care of child, doesn't use child labor, doesn't use these things, and be innovative enough because we're we're godly inspired. We we have the creator on us, the creative creators on our side. We should be able to figure out how to be socially responsible and make companies that are are environmentally responsible. And I think it should be it shouldn't be a pass. And a lot of thing, a lot of times Christians do that. Oh, it's it's a reality. We live here. We can't do nothing about it. I think it should it should push us as a body of Christ to be even more radical and to be more encouraged and seek the Lord even more to find that way to be uh, innovators in today's time. And what what just came to my mind is the the solution to all this would be is just missions because all the countries that suffer from these forced labor labor camps all this stuff are I'm pretty sure they're all non-christian quote-unquote overall companies and jobs and situations because once the once the word of god goes in there they'll understand that especially in the government positions in these countries they'll understand that that's inhumane that's against the word of god and that 
would be the change that would make a bigger impact than protesting than not buying these these devices is us as the church reaching those countries and changing them from within with the word of god versus trying to protest a, a device or a or a product, product. Yeah, and I think in on top of that, Anthony, uh, it's a great uh, thought. It's not even just in a spiritual aspect, but in a practical aspect, providing knowledge to these people to have alternatives, not to have to do a child labor, not to have to do forced labor, where they have practical solutions uh, to well to sustain themselves in mm -hmm. a more practical sense as well, not just in a spiritual sense. And also the priority, that's why, you know, of course I'm in line with, you know, protecting the earth and doing things responsibly. But what should be primary to us as Christians specifically is more the social part of it. Because, you know, our call is to to preach the gospel. We don't preach the gospel to the planet earth because it's, it's just an inanimate object. But the people should be our primary thing. So that should be fixed first how people are treated, their living conditions, because that's that's our primary call for missions. The Lord, he sent Jesus for us, not to save the planet from destruction. So the primary goal should be correcting the, the social issue and then exp expanding that to the environmental issue. Yeah. Yeah, and it all comes down to, like, just being able to have people in power. Like, I remember, and it's sad to say, but... I don't know if it happened to you guys, but I remember growing up in, in our churches and I was going to college at the time and my pastor's like, oh, you should choose dates that don't affect with service dates, you know, like for your classes. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why? Like, why would I do that? Like, why should I change the dates? I'm going to school. I'm trying to get an associate. I'm trying to get a good job. I'm trying to be impactful for my church. I'm trying to increase my tides. You know, like I'm trying to increase how much I give. I'm trying to increase like the people that I get to know and I get to impact. So why should I be worried about if I'm going to miss church on a Tuesday or, or Thursday? Like it, it made no sense to me. And even now, I'm pretty sure you guys remember they used to be like, let's let's uh, forget about education. It's all about the, the power of God, the power of God. Forget about education. You know, it's about the movement of God. And that that's why we we don't see a lot of young people you know that grew up with us and are adults now being pastors or being figureheads in in our church yeah like it's unfortunate yeah. that's why like i always say if we would have you know if we would have put more emphasis on like we've been saying is getting people into government arenas into attorneys into doctors into these things instead of just saying that everybody is a everybody's an evangelist everybody's a pastor then who who's how are we going to impact the the church if we're in positions that are only that you have to go to the church to 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 see and to, to touch see, yeah and then we have nobody in the real world that can connect to the lost people mm-hmm 100 percent Perfect example, uh, in Miami, there's a location called WOW, uh, the WOW Center, and they work with a lot of uh, people who have disabilities. And I remember when I first got into contact with like that location and I was doing research, I'm like, man, why doesn't the church do something like this? 
like this is a great opportunity if we would have created it or we'd be leading this type of um this type of of of, of you know company in a sense and it, you know I, I continually continually ask myself and and i know abel you asked me am i still in am i and yes you know we are still in am i and, and the reason why is because i i can't give up and be like I, you know, I didn't make the change. Like I wasn't part of the change that this organization needed to move forward. So at this current time, like I see that I want to be an impact and I want to be a change changer, writer, uh, influencer for the organization to do better and to maybe increase its growth and increase how we think instead of limiting ourselves to like this old mentality from back in the 70s, 40s or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 a multi-layered situation because because of past mm -hmm. mistakes and past presentations of not o not a bad thing, but overemphasizing only the spiritual side of things. We weren't preparing the future generations on the more practical side of things. So we became super spiritual, but then we didn't have the practical support or the practical knowledge to implement the spiritual change. Now we're in a in yep. a more empowerment of you know. We're trying to better ourselves and all these things, but now you're kind of seeing the opposite, where people are forgetting the 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 foundational spiritual part of things, that fire, that vigor, that passion, mm -hmm. spiritually and that holiness, and we're moving towards more a modern, progressive loving of the of our neighbor and forgetting the holiness. So it's a cycle. I think that naturally humans are gonna go because we have a natural fault. We are the ones leading the church, so the church is gonna have always yep. imperfect imperfections filled into that. But I kind of wanted to drive into that point of, um, of there's so much time needed to be given to these things, so much time needed for, you know, education. And education nowadays is really hard to receive the time that's needed to for college and all these other things or work and life balance and all these things. How do you think the church should manage its time throughout the week? I know we talked about work and working for Google and I work for a bank. Should we, ma how should we manage, how should the work week look for a Christian? Should the Sabbath be a part of our lives? Should we work a five-day week, a four-day week? How does that look for a Christian? So one thing that was big about me taking this opportunity was work-life balance. Like right now, I have the best work-life balance I've ever had in my whole life. You know, like if the day of tomorrow, I want to tell my boss, hey, I don't want to work or I want to take a personal day off. I don't have to put in PTO. I don't have to put in VTO, vacation time off or paid time off. I, I just tell him and he's like, yeah, no problem. Like take it off, you know? So that's, that was one thing that was very important for me. Now I do recall that when I lived in Florida, like I was working Monday through Sunday, like working my regular Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, I was doing photography constantly. Like Saturday nights, I was doing photography. Sundays, I was doing photographies. And sometimes it would conflict with, my my church service and then i began to notice that my um feasting of the lord right wasn't wasn't i, I wasn't delivering and then my 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 spirit began to hunger and i remember telling god if you allow me to make what i make on my weekends during the week and if you help me with this then i'll give you my weekends again like my Sundays will be yours. And I began to see how he began to open opportunities where my commissions on sales began to double. 
and I was making more than I needed to go and make from, you know, working on a, a, a wedding on a Sunday. And I, I had the opportunity to tell people, hey, um, I'm not going to take a wedding on a Sunday. I apologize. I'm not available. And I would refer them to someone else. I do think that we as believers need to have that one day that we just chill, that we just relax. We enjoy our families. Like, um, you you should know if anything, Abel, like you have a daughter and you should know how important it is just to like give her that time, especially like one specific day where it's just, you know, you and your daughter and your wife and just you guys go out and do whatever it is you have to do. You know, and that's biblical, like us investing time into our family. Yeah, it's 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 a hard balance because it's one of those things where you grow up thinking or being taught a work hard now so you could enjoy later. And it's one of those things where, like, mm-hmm. if I work hard really now, if I make all this money now in my 30s, in my 20s, in my in my 40s, when I turn 50, I'll have all the time where I could do all these things. And retirement has yeah. been embedded in us as Americans where mm-hmm. our our time of rest is not a weekday. It's not a weekend. Our time of rest is a a, a goal from a 65 on like, Oregon, yeah. 65 is on. It's, it's, a, it's a future goal. It's not something that's present. And I think growing up in that mindset, you, you start forgetting that idea of like rest is a daily thing. Rest is a weekly thing. Rest is a monthly thing. It's, it's a present thing. It's not in a future. It's, it's now. And it's one of those things that you have to retrain yourself as a Christian and because obviously you want to give better like you talk about i have a daughter i want to give the best to my daughter i want to make sure she goes to the best schools i want to make sure yep. she does this and the only way to do that in america is working more so i can make more money to pay for those things <laughs> so it's it's one of those healthy balances of knowing not all these things that i think would be great for her is better for her but the the time that's necessary to give to her is what's important as well and if we if we look at it biblically retirement doesn't exist in the bible these prophets, these yeah. all these people, worked till the day they died. They, you know, they were exerting their prophetic call, their apostolic call, all these things until they went with the Lord, or until they were killed by by persecutors. It wasn't like, okay, the prophet did this and that until he got too old and he stopped hearing from God and he stopped functioning. It no, they kept going until until they died. Yeah. And I, in a sense, like, I believe that we should take advantage of the time that's given to us, right? So, dude, man, you, I, I know that Abel knows, but I, I love to hustle, man. Like, I love to figure out ways to grow either my business. And we recently started a business here uh, in Utah, which is focusing only on quinceañera photography. But before I came out here, one thing that I I asked God um like about a year ago or so, like, hey, provide me enough finances um, that if I ever do take a pastoral opportunity that I can support myself. I don't want a church ever to support me. I, I never wanted to be that person. And man, I saw it. Like I hooked up with a friend that he was really into stocks and back during COVID, like when everybody was taking huge losses, like I made it well over like $175,000 in stocks. And I I kept telling God, I'm like, man, if you're providing me this opportunity, like continue to guide me and show me ways that I can continue to grow this. Like, I don't want to stay 
sterile in an opportunity. I want to be able to invest my time back to you and back into my family and make sure that I'm being as influential as possible to convert people and impact them and show them, hey, like, look at his testimony. Look at what God's doing through him. And it, it that that was where my heart was at. And even now, like, I continue to ask God, hey, I don't want to work in corporate America. Like, I don't want to, you know, if, if anything, like, I, I, I'd be using the benefits at Google only because, you know, that health insurance is expensive. But if I could do, like, quinceañera sessions and just work during the summer, man, I'd do that 100%. It's 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 tough because, again, back to the point, we're so interwoven that it's it's you need to make money to survive here in America. It's not a, it's not a it's it's an impossibility to be able to say, oh, I'm not going to work and I'm, I'm always going to do this. But I think it's 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 even America and it's a culture today is moving towards a more holistic point of view of having a work life balance where we're seeing studies. Google's a driving force company where to make an afforded work week where it's is providing a healthy balance of work and and life. But it's funny that, you know, we see that these these companies, I mean, the Washington Post just talked about it that they're moving toward these afforded work weeks. But then we see the complete opposite when it comes to Christian positions. Pastors work day and night, they have no rest, no vacation, no nothing. They just work, 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 work. Yep. Worship leaders are working, 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 working. Youth leaders are working, 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 working. Where do you see this form of four-day work week or the concept of, like, giving time to yourself to recover? How do you see that in in positions within the church? So, funny enough, I, was, uh, I have a friend who uh, just finished pastoring. Uh, they went into, like, a, a period of sabbatical, and... It, I was talking to him and we were talking about how his church structure is. And he was telling me that he was so fed up with having to be responsible for people seeking God. Like no one has responsibility for themselves to seek God. He has to be responsible for them to seek God. And so he said, he's like, Mike, you want to know what I, I just recently did? And I'm like, yeah, what did you do? He's like, I closed our Tuesday services. I closed our Friday services. We only have service on Sunday and on Wednesday we do a call so that people could do Bible study. And that Bible study is more to answer questions about what you were supposed to read during the week. He's like, I don't want to be responsible for people having to read the Bible. No, you should have read it yourself. And this call is simply to answer questions in case you had any any uh, questions you you saw a need for for someone to address something you know or you needed a clarification like that's the time that we're going to give you on wednesday but we're going to spend the rest of the week finding ways to evangelize like he just didn't want to have responsibility for people to go and pray and for him to be like you know why do we need a tuesday a thursday a friday service if you know in a sense i have to beg you guys to either show up or be responsible for you to read the scripture to then, or me having to just teach the whole concept to you yeah. because nobody's reading their Bibles. Unfortunately, that that's the biggest issue within the church is burnout because we just drive our leaders yeah. and our, our people that serve in different areas. We just drive into the ground. They don't get any breaks It's a daily thing. And then you see people break them and just turn it all in and walk away. And it's like, cause we don't have, a system in place where we're not driving them into the ground. And I think 
And yeah. I think it's it, it's bring oh that this concept always brings me back to Moses and his father in law. Yeah. Where I think I it's the next mm-hmm. um where he, he his father in law show you know you know, Moses was trying to do everything for the people. He was doing <laughs> yeah. every quarrel, every fight, he was covering it. And you know, the father in law even spoke you if you do this, you're not gonna be able to survive. Like the people need you. So it's it's a part of that dega, dega, delegating. delegating. Thank you. Um, into different people, and it's it's tough for Christians because if we weren't taught that this system mm-hmm. of working as a body of Christ, we weren't you know we weren't taught that, and it's we're so dependent on our pastors for everything, for marriage counseling, for our kids Plumbing. having trouble. If someone's sick, like it's the pastor is the do it all guy, do the do it all gadget. And as pastors, where they spoil their members as well, like they 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 fall into accepting that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's honestly, I always say, if we just open our Bibles and read our Bibles, half of the things we do would realize we shouldn't be doing. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. When we were living in Port St. Lucie, we found a church. It was an American church. I believe it was a Christ Fellowship, if I'm right. That man, this church was packed. Like it was like. It was probably a 900-member church, but it was packed. It was packed. And then the reason why I loved it so much was because the pastor would, like, flame you. Like, he would burn you apart. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, this church is packed. Like, these people are receiving this word? Like, that that's insane. Like, he would talk about adultery. He would talk about, like, you know, um, making sure that you're right with the Lord. Like, he had no filter. And I believe that there's a thirst for the Lord, you know, and I believe that people are hungry for the Lord. But one thing that I noticed was that they would delegate. Man, they would, he would delegate everything out. Like his responsibility was to show up on Sunday and to preach. That is his responsibility. Show up on Sunday, give that message on Sunday and preach. And then the worship team, they had three worship teams. They were cycling through worship teams. Recently, Kami was just telling me, she's like, hey, you know, they moved to four services now. And I'm like, what? Like they had two services. And she's like, yeah, they just sent an email because I guess there were so many people showing up that now they needed four services. They have one in Spanish and three in English. So it's like if we learn how to delegate, we we you don't get that burnout. You begin to open and see what responsibilities people can take and then you can have a growing body and people feel like, hey, if I can't do it this week, at least I know someone else could take that responsibility. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it also drives purpose-driven uh, um, commitment where a lot of times the church, yep. like when it comes to DMOs, like or tithing, we're like, you have to do it because the Bible says you got to do it. But when we convert, it's a purpose-driven, like, you give tithes in, because we want to do a homeless program. Or we want to raise this money yeah. because we want to help uh, single-parent uh, single, uh, single families. When you do purpose-driven engagement, when you make it community-based, not obedience-based, you have that buy-in so much quicker. And it's, I mean, if you in reality, if you read the Bible, that's the driving forth of what Jesus did. It was... It was relationship, relation based. It wasn't you have to do this because you have to do it. You do this because of love. That's what you know. God, mm-hmm. the God's a God of love. Like yep. you do it because you truly are in love of who God is, and you want to express that through work. Yes, and you have to show evidence of it, right? You and can't. to that, add into add to that. 
Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Go ahead, Anthony. I'm sorry, man. Uh, so know. to add into that, I was thinking about the wo- the woman at the well. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, dude. I was thinking about the yeah. woman who was at the well when Jesus showed up. Like, she wasn't a believer. She didn't know who he was. She didn't know um, that he was the, the true living well that would quench her thirst. You know, and Jesus was willing to ask her for a favor. You know, and I guess this ties back into like the initial topic, like how should we work with people who are non-believers and people who have different point of views than us, right? Like Jesus was willing to accept water from her and at the same time was willing to educate her and tell her, hey, if you follow me, I'm going to give you, I'm going to quench that thirst that you have and you're going to be fulfilled. Yeah. And to kind of uh, kind of wrap it up, uh, one of the things um, I kind of wanted to talk about was making this a reality. And I think it comes within locally within yourself, but I think it also comes within having the church change its mindset. And what would you say yes. is the biggest change you think you could make personally? to make what we're speaking about a reality and then on a second level and i'll ask i'll ask you anthony as well both questions what do you think is the church's way like primarily way they could what they could change to make just make the members drive adopt this idea more as well something that i noticed in the successful churches right the churches that that in a sense they have it together in some aspect right and they know how to build community and they know how to how to drive um career driven opportunities for the community right is that they're responsible in a sense of i know that if i take on this responsibility and i give it my all i'm going to be able to bring results and measuring those results right it's like People don't like to hear this, but this is a truth. The church is a business in some aspect. And you have to look at the church and you have to forecast for the church. You have to set KPIs, key performance indicators. You have to figure out like, hey, why are we not growing? What are we doing that we're not impacting the community? Are there grants that we could get to maybe establish career um, development courses inside our churches? Can we get computers inside our churches so that the Hispanic people that surround our churches could come learn how to type on a computer? You know, like we need to be accountable in all aspects. And when we have an opportunity inside the church, be responsible to the 100% that we can, you know, but at the same time, be understanding that there are factors that we're not going to be able to control we need to set those boundaries as well you know it, it's it's horrible that unfortunately sometimes in certain churches we have three four responsibilities i know that when i got here i told them hey i'm only going to do one thing and that's it don't ask me to do anything else don't ask me to be responsible for this or that or this no i told them i'm gonna teach sunday school and that's going to be my responsibility teaching sunday school to the youth why? Because I understand that they need they need guidance. They need someone to teach them. They need someone to be present. And I told the youth, and I, I continue to tell the youth, my time is my time is gold. Like my time is is important to me. And I would hope that the same way that I'm investing in you, you invest back in me. You know, bringing that accountability to people and reminding them, hey, I don't need to do this, but I'm doing it first for God, and second because I want you to have results in your life that 
don't leave you stagnant like your parents or don't leave you stagnant like you know the your grandparents or you know you have the opportunities in this country that can guide you yeah i see that i see that a lot especially now that i i'm going to a different church you know it's it's completely a different attitude it's this less is less is more mentality where like you know we the churches we grew up was every event you there couldn't be an event where there wasn't a preacher trying to preach and you know yelling at the top of their lungs so everybody around can hear it's like sometimes you you just have to have an event for the community where they can come enjoy whatever it is and yes you know it's at a church so that the impression of coming to a church to do something that's preaching within itself you don't have to grab a mic and tell oh if you don't repent you're gonna go to hell or anything like that like my church and this was the first time i experienced it because we've only been there a year but there was a fall festival where they had bounce houses they had you name it we had it and fall festivals (laughs) there was not one time Anybody grabbed a mic and was preaching or anything. They did have some live Christian music, but that was about it. And I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but there was a high amount of people that gave their life to the Lord and started coming to the church as a result of just a community event that wasn't this hyper-spiritual thing. It was just people came, saw the vendors, bought whatever they wanted, food, drinks, whatever. And they brought their kids to have fun, and that's it. You let God, you're just opening a door, inviting them in, and letting God do the rest. You don't have to, it doesn't always have to be this, you know, evangelistical extreme thing. It could just be, you know, yes. something to open the doors to the community. Yeah, and um, I think it's one of those things where, it's a multiple layers. I think knowing your role is super important within the body of Christ and fulfilling that role as the best as you can. So if you're going to be the plumber, be the best plumber you could ever be. If you're going to be a singer, be the best singer. If you're going to be an architect, be the best architect. And I think is understanding roles are important and then all understanding that less is more as in being Americans. We're so busy. You know, we have to do this. We have to do this. We always have to fill in our time. And I think it's the the Lord has enough people if we do all mm. our part. And if we all know our role, he has more than enough people to fulfill the gaps. But we got to be willing. Big time. Yeah. Paul said it we himself. Gotta, we're, we're a body. The eye yeah. doesn't do what the hand does. The hand doesn't do. Everybody has a role. And, you know, we're, tr- we're just trying to add to our resume and be like, oh, look, all the things I've done. It's, it's an ego thing. Instead of just being humble, this is where God has me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the best I can do, like you're saying. Yeah, and it's it's some some it might mm-hmm. drive people to be corporate leaders. Some it might be you just be cleaner. The idea is that, which is tough, is less is more. You know, I might just end up being a small community. I might just end up doing that. But if I understand, and it's one of the things that uh, that Michael said, if we invest in the Lord, the mm-hmm. Lord is gonna return. Yeah. And it's one of the things is Amen. if we invest in the Lord and do our part, and it, it includes multiple things. It means evangelizing as a body of Christ. It means evangelizing. It means missionary. It means 
equipping through education and providing education. It means caring for our widows and our orphans. It means caring for the sick. It means so many things. But I like I was talking to someone you know, probably like two, three years ago, and I was we we're talking about should we give all our money to the need? Like how how do we balance buying nice things and giving money to the poor and giving money to the how do you balance that? And what I what I told them was you as an individual can't solve world hunger. You as an mm. individual can't solve this. Mm-hmm. We as a community mm. can. And if you do your part and everyone does their little part, as a community, we could solve our hunger. As a community, we could evangelize more than we ever thought we can. But we need people to be good at what they're doing. Get an education. Be good. Pl- educate yourself. Build your craft. It might not be college. It might be a tech school. But build your craft be yep. the best you could be in that version of yourself let the lord guide you and then if we all play our roles we'll we would find rest because we're not doing so many roles we would have success because people are fa- really fine-tuning and building into what they're really good at and we're going to have people be able to get position of powers because they are ex- experts at what they do and we'll be able to have more success yes. doing less individually but doing more as a community amen yeah yeah well, um, Michaels, I just want to say thank you for being on. Um, I'm excited to uh, see you and what you're going to do over there in Salt Lake. I'm excited to for you to get your home because I know you're getting a home soon. I'm excited for you to build that guest room so I could go visit and experience over there <laughs> in Utah. Come yeah, by whatever well. you guys want. We're going to have enough room. Yes. Yeah, come by. You get There's enough room in the house, trust me. Yes, I we am super go. excited. Go. Yes, I'm super excited. Me and Anthony went to Colorado, and I loved it. So I'm super excited to go to, I know, the Zion Park. There's so much things over there in Utah to explore. Yeah, dude, there's a lot. There's so much, man. Feel free. Like, once we have our home, hopefully we close this month. Um, like I tell people, I don't have a, you don't need an invitation from me, man. You tell me <laughs> when you want to show up and it's no problem to me. I love taking care of people whenever they come to visit us. So you tell me, Hey, we're going to be there in June. All right. That's fine. We got a space. We got space for you. Perfect. It sells, says I invite myself, but you invited me right there. <laughs> well, I do appreciate guys. Yeah, man. Feel free. We are trying to do something even more engaging with you guys. So send your questions. We'll be, we're going to start sending our guests beforehand which allows you to send questions directly and we'll be able to kind of ask that towards the end to be have a quick fire question and answer with our guests. So feel free. We don't know all the answers. We don't know have all the best opinions. So feel free to comment mm-hmm. your opinion. Feel free to ask your questions so we as a community and as a body of Christ, we can understand yeah. how to engage with the world. Amen. Thank you guys and have a wonderful day. Amen. Take care, guys. Bye.